हेलो एंड वेलकम टू द हिंदू पार्ले I am Sonam Segal and I have with me Margaret Alwa who has been a five term member of the parliament former union minister and governor for Goa Gujarat Rajasthan and Uttarakhand The second guest is MR Madhavan who is the president and co-founder of PRS Legislative Research an independent public policy research institution that aims to make the legislative process in India more transparent and participatory I thank you both for joining me Our topic for today is should chief ministers have a say in the appointment of governors My first question is for Ms Alwa Ma'am can you please explain to our listeners the role and responsibilities of a governor The post of governor is actually inherited from the past The Mughals had their governors to be able to reach out to vast territories of their empire and the british also had the posts of governors to be able to govern india the role of governors <laughs> has various uh, if i may say so angles there are those who believe that the post of governors is redundant there are others who feel that they do play an important role to me the governor is essentially in a st- uh, in india a link between the center and the states there are various functions of the governor like the address to the joint session of uh, the assembly uh, that's the budget session that the governor has to sign all the legislation that is passed has the power to refer it to the center he has administrative and political functions to perform and mr madhavan if i can ask you how important would you say is the post of a governor in a democracy so uh, we have to see it from the lens that we are a federal country in the sense the constitution says india is a union of states so when you have a federal structure there is clearly a design that there will be constituent states who will elect their own governments and which will in their domain act independently at the same time is a union of states so there is a need to ensure that there is unity and some level of uniformity across the union so this creates its own tension and one of the designs of the constitution is the post of governor as a link between the center and the states supposedly to manage this tension of course it has the post of one can argue that the post of governor has added to the tension at various times rather than resolve the problem but that was the original idea behind the I mean if you look at the constituent assembly debates they have actually discussed this in fair amount of detail so my second question is as per article 155 of the indian constitution the governor is appointed by the president but the sarkaria commission set up in 1983 to examine the central state relationship on various portfolios felt and i quote 
the chief minister should be consulted before appointing the governor for proper working of the parliamentary system. Why, in your opinion, was this recommendation made, ma'am? Well, I can't say why they made it, but I can say one thing. The appointment of the governor today is totally in the hands of the ruling party at Delhi. You know, many of them, I'm sorry to say, function as if the Rajbhavans are the party offices of the ruling party. They take decisions always as directed by the Home Ministry and the central government. The governor is supposed to be an independent, non-partisan person. He is supposed to keep the interest of the state in mind and also ensure that the link between the state and the center is maintained in a smooth way. We have had governors who have been behaving like bulls in a china shop, turning everything upside down, little regard for the elected body, the assembly or the state, changing governments at their will and pleasure. The whole issue, for instance, let me tell you, of the relationship between the governor and the chief minister is what determines the smooth functioning. But this has not been happening in many, many cases. The Sarkaria Commission therefore probably thought that if the appointment is made in consultation with the chief minister, there would be smooth functioning and a better relationship. But let me tell you, the governor also cannot be um, the lackey of the chief minister. Independent decisions have to be taken, whether it's the question of deciding a government, the numbers, the vote of confidence, and so on and so forth. The governor has to, maybe at times, go against the will of the chief minister. Therefore, to say that the chief minister must approve the appointment of governors is not correct, but I do feel a general consultation, not necessarily compulsorily to be accepted, but the opinion of the chief minister would go a long way in helping to make the functioning of the governor in a state more, uh, if I may say so, effective and maybe more conducive to the interests of the state. That's interesting. Uh, sir, uh, if I may ask you, what do you think was the thinking behind an opinion of this type by the commission? Actually, you should uh, go back and see how the relationship between the center and the states and the office of the governor evolved right from 1950 or 1952. So it's quite interesting that up to 1967, when essentially it was the Congress party at the center and Congress party in most states, it went very smoothly. Then things went bad in 1967 and it's not just the Sarkaria's commission was not the first one. Uh, between 1967 and 1971, there were three different high-level bodies which looked at this issue. 
the first administrative reforms commission in 1960 which report came in 1969 then the tamil nadu government actually set up a committee called the rajamannar committee and the president's secretariat set up a committee of governors among various things they looked at the role of the governor and all three of them interestingly had said that the chief minister should be consulted before at the time of appointment of the government of the governor and again if you look at the way it worked and one statistic is very clear which is how do we actually measure in numerical terms what happened one way is how often was president's rule imposed and if you see until 1967 it is sporadic 1967 to 1994 lots and lots of states came under president's rule including times like when the Congress government lost in 77 and Janta came in, they actually removed everybody. And they removed the states also, they removed the governors also. A same thing happened in the reverse direction in 1980 when the Janta party lost and Congress came back to power. This imposition of president's rule being so frequent actually stopped in 1994 around that time thanks to the Bombay judgment, which made it difficult for governors to get rid of a government without a floor test on being a test being done on the floor of the assembly. So that judgment actually resolved at least the frequent imposition of president's rule. But of course, the other issues, and we are seeing that even more and more in the last few years, across states. And typically you see that when the governor, or sorry, the central government and the state government are of different parties who are not on the same side. And that's happening. So Sarkaria Commission said this, that was 88. Then we had the National Commission for Reviewing the Working of the Constitution, uh, which was chaired by Justice Venkata Chalaya, 2002. They had a slightly more detailed way of looking at it. They said there should be a committee which should look at the selection of governors and the committee will have the prime minister, the home minister, speaker of the Lok Sabha, so effectively three people from the central governing side and the CM of the state. And they also said it may also include the vice president if appropriate. So rather than leaving it to purely to the executive, they said there is a role of the central legislature through the speaker as well as the state executive through the CM to decide the governor so that you find somebody who is acceptable to everyone. That was the idea. And I completely agree with Madam Alva when she said that you can't leave it to the chief minister, but it is useful to consult a chief minister with whom the governor has to work so that there is somebody who is acceptable both to the center and to the state chief minister. That would be a better way to look at it. Yeah. That was my next question, actually. I was coming to the National Commission to review the working of the Constitution that suggested that the governor should be entrusted by a committee of uh, PM, Home Minister, Lok Sabha Speaker and the CM. So, uh, ma'am, do you agree with this suggestion? Well, I think this committee, I mean, the composition totally is the composition of the ruling party at the center. I feel it should be the vice president, 
the speaker of the lok sabha the leader of the opposition which i think is very important to have the opposite opinion and maybe the chief minister of the state but i feel that getting the chief minister involved in the process of selection is not quite the right thing to do the governor cannot be made to feel that the chief minister was one of those uh, responsible for his selection he has to be above the chief minister he has to be independent he has to be able to function in a non partisan manner and not be beholden either to the ruling party or to the chief minister this is what i feel but more than that may i add we have no criteria no minimum qualifications laid out for a governor they are most often retirement perks or reward for uh, unstinted loyalty to a particular party or sometimes like it happened in the case of kalyan singh ji to protect them from the law because the governors cannot uh, be called before a court of law so if you want to protect them you make them governors these are things which have to be kept in mind when uh, you talk about appointment of governors it cannot be the whim and fancy of the prime minister to appoint somebody because he feels he is happy with that performance of that particular person who may have been a minister who may have been a political uh, leader of his party who may have uh, you know been defeated in the elections and has to be accommodated these are considerations which come in the appointment of governors not their qualifications or their capacity to be able to administer a state that's very interesting ma'am uh, what you said is actually brings me to my next point which is that you know do you think that the chief minister's powers become insignificant vis-a-vis the governor if he or she happens to belong to any party sitting in the opposition well i don't know about the powers of the you may you you mean the powers of the governor or the gov- powers of the chief minister no the chief minister ultimately you know the governor speaks about his government he speaks about uh, you know in every respect that that government is his the chief minister is his therefore there has to be cooperation and coordination between the state government and the gov- and the governor no matter if their parties differ their political loyalties differ but i've been a governor of four states i've been in states where you have to decide the majority of the government now in many states it is decided on the floor of the rajbhavan this is totally wrong it has been repeatedly said by the courts and that's the opinion that majority minority vote of confidence has to be decided on the floor of the house 
It is the elected representatives that have to decide and present the majority to the governor. The governor cannot sit in Raj Bhavan and, and decide who has the majority. But that's happening in many places. You have had the courts intervene and set aside the decision of the governor like it happened in Meghalaya. We have seen this happening. What happened in Maharashtra? What role did the governor play? So therefore we are saying that the independence of the governor, which, which um, you know is respected, which is conducive, to the running of a normal system in the state of majority rule requires that the governor is not beholden to the chief minister for his appointment. Sir, what according to you, does the chief minister's powers become insignificant vis-a-vis -vis the governor if he or she happens to belong to any party sitting in the opposition? Don't become insignificant. The chief minister has his role as the elected leader of the state. He enjoys the majority on the floor of the house, legislation, running the state, the administration, law and order. All these are the responsibility of the state. The governor is supposed to be a friend, philosopher and guide. Helping from the back, sorting out issues, resolving, you know, uh, disputes, even between political parties. I have done it. I've called them and said, let the house function. Why are you creating this situation in the house where the house cannot function? So the governor has a role to play as, if I may say so, a senior guide and support to the state government and not just the lackey of the central government and the home minister. He has to, he or she has to at times advise the center on what is happening, advise the center on what needs to be done and be a true friend that brings the center and the state together. Mr. Malvan, what are your views on this? So we have to, let's get back to the core, to the, what the constitution says. And in fact, uh, just as an aside, the original draft constitution, before it was debated, one version, the original version had it as an elected governor. And then there was this discussion that if you have an elected governor and an elected chief minister, you have two centers of power and that's not conducive. That's why they actually decided to move to an appointed governor. So they thought about it. And if you look at the, again, the two critical, I mean, the analogous uh, article for the president, the president, the governor is analogous to the president at the center, except that there was an amendment made to article 74, which added that the president shall act in accordance with such advice, advice given by the council, which is not there in article 163. But it is presumed that and this is what all the discussions in by all the committees, commissions, as well as the constituent assembly. The core assumption is that the governor is expected to act on the aid and advice of the Council of Ministers. So essentially say do what uh, it is their decision with a few exceptions. The exceptions are, of course, 
One which applies to the president too is to decide whom to, after an election, whom to invite to form the government in term, in times of no confidence motions, ensure that there is a... So there are times when the chief minister will not or the prime minister will not advise the dissolution of his own or her own government. So that is one. The sick and the governor, there are two other sets of exceptional circumstances which will not apply to the president. One is there are special provisions for certain states like Nagaland, Manipur, Sikkim, six schedule, a uh, number of those. Those are some exceptional provisions. But I would say the single biggest exception is the question of deciding when there are there's a situation which threatens the unity of the nation and you need to impose Article 356 because no chief minister is going to advise that Article 356 be imposed. So that will have to be under the discretion of the governor. So it comes back to how independent is a governor, how does the governor act, and therefore it's not just how a governor is appointed, but also what is the background and what happens later. So some of these committees have also discussed that the governor's tenure should be secure. So if there's a general election and new government comes in the center, they cannot replace a governor. Also, that maybe there should be just one term for a governor or maybe maximum two, so that the governor and the governor should not be eligible for any other office other than maybe the vice president or the president to contest. So to ensure that there are no other carrots being dangled in front of the person in terms of rewards for acting in a certain way, also helps maintain the independence. So it's back to the question of how do you ensure that the governor is appointed, uh, maintains uh, loyalty to the constitution and not loyalty to the government at the center? And that is the big question. And and there are no easy answers. Right. So this brings me to our last question. Should chief ministers then have a say in the appointment of governors? Ma'am? As I said uh, at the beginning, I mean uh, earlier, the chief ministers could be consulted, could be told that we are uh, thinking of appointing so-and-so as governor. But if the chief minister has very serious objections and brings them to the notice of the central government because of the information he has or she has and why he wouldn't suit the state, then the government should consider the opinion given by the chief minister. I feel that ultimately the chief ministers and his government are going to have to function as the government of the governor. He always refers to them as my government, as my chief minister. All appointments are made in his name. And Every bill that is passed has to be signed by him. So if you want a frictionless relationship and functioning in the state, which is in the interest of the state and the federal system, I feel it's good to take the chief minister into confidence and not impose somebody whom the chief minister and the state perhaps would not be willing to accept. 
this being i mean sort of the situation consultation is good consultation is i think a one way of resolving any conflict that might arise let me give you just one simple example i was appointed to the hindi speaking states i mean which are majority hindi uttarakhand rajasthan even gujarat now when it comes to the address of the governor to the state assembly when you are not very uh, even though you may speak hindi you may not be fluent to read a full address in uh, that classic sort of language in a hindi speaking state but you've had occasions when there have been objections to your reading in english you are not allowed to present your address to the assembly and i mean to the joint session and you are compelled to lay it on the table of the house and leave the house it has happened to me once and therefore i feel that various issues have to be taken into consideration and an amicable uh, sort of uh, understanding between the center and the chief minister and or his administration has to be worked out mr madhwan your last views yeah i would broadly agree with ms alva and of course i mean she has the uh, huge advantage of having done that job i am just reading some books and telling you something so she knows exactly what's happening there just one minor thing to add which is and i'm sure she would agree with me is the question of frictionless we actually want a bit of a friction from time to time so that the governor also is a check because when the governor gives assent the governor actually should be giving an informed assent and not just signing off so the governor has an independent role and fine at the end of the day in most of these high offices there is only certain things that you can do by putting in systems or writing in the constitution high offices assume that people who are occupying high offices are of a certain caliber and integrity and when that assumption goes i mean we are in trouble and we have seen not just we have seen that around the world in the last few couple of decades i mean not just in india say several democracies are facing this crisis so i mean it's back to character of the person and what can one do about that you know can i add at the end just one sentence i as governor said right at the beginning my doors are open to all i had as many opposition members as the ruling party members dropping in having a cup of tea or breakfast and discussing their problems and it's so much easier when you sit with people with different opinions listen to them and try to work out compromises that should be the role of the governor he cannot or he or she i'm sorry cannot afford to appear to be one sided anti government i mean a state government or creating problems rather than solving we've seen what happened in west bengal we have seen this happening in so many states unfortunately where the governor 
forgets that he is a constitutional appointee, that his loyalty has to be to the constitution, to the rule of law, and the advice of the majority in the house, which is the ruling government. If this is kept in mind, there will be no friction and there will be no problems. Absolutely. Perfect last words to our discussion. Thank you so much for your time, uh, Ms. Alwa and Mr. Madhavan. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.